What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Built With Beck, your health and fitness podcast. I cannot believe that by the time this is released, it's already going to be February. I know, obviously, time flies, right? But it's just crazy to think that, oh my gosh, we're already in the second month of the new year. I feel like we were just talking about New Year's resolutions and setting goals and all of the things. But I'm really looking forward to this episode, which obviously I know I say it every single week, okay? But I'm biased. This is my podcast. I'm not going to release an episode I'm not excited about. But this episode does have a special little place in my heart because I'm going to be talking about things I wish I knew when I started my fitness journey. The reason why this is an especially special topic, um, and it's pretty timely, is that January of 2024 marks three years of running Built With Back Fitness Coaching. This was something that I would have never even dreamed I was going to be doing. If you are familiar with my story, you know that I did not grow up Like I'm not one of the coaches that came from a background of being like a collegiate athlete. I didn't grow up in a family that did nutrition and fitness and all of these things. I found myself here because I was once desperately seeking help. I was a client who worked with an online coach and it drastically changed my life. So this was not something that I saw in my life plan for myself. This isn't even what my academics had prepared me for, professional, like, you know, career-wise. So the fact that now this has been three years of doing this as my job is pretty surreal and pretty exciting. And so as I was reflecting on coming up on this three-year mark, I couldn't help but think back not just to when I started my business, not just to when I started coaching, but truly looking far back to when I started my fitness journey because I just wish I could take my younger self and tell her how far we would come in our fitness journey and not just about losing the weight or finding ways to keep it off or falling in love with exercise, understanding it doesn't have to be making yourself run three miles a day or cutting out foods that you love. Like I, it's not just about how I've come in my fitness journey, but I wish I could take my younger self and tell her we now help other people do the same. I just know that that would have been completely mind blowing. I I probably wouldn't have believed it and, um, just surreal. So couldn't be more thankful for my job. I couldn't be more thankful for what I've learned about myself through health and fitness and what it's taught me, the relationships it's brought to my life. But I'm going to get off my soapbox. I just thought that it would it was worth mentioning why this topic was significant to me in general, but especially at this time of the year, just looking back on where I was in my fitness journey and things that I wish I knew then. Because if you don't know much about my fitness journey, you can scroll all the way back to the early days of the podcast, um, or you can just search Built With Beck Fitness Coaching. I think it's, and then like my fitness journey might, might be what it's titled. I believe it was like literally episode two. You can scroll all the way back. If you are familiar with my fitness journey, then you know it was anything but linear, okay? This was not just from point A to point B, here I am, and now I do it for work. I feel like I've probably had five or six different fitness journeys in my life. Out of just the times that I started different challenges, I tried different diets, the times I was convinced I would do it on my own, you name it, I feel like I started and stopped my fitness journey more times than I can count. But what matters most is that we we got here, right? We made it here. And so there are so many things that I wish I could tell myself when I did start my fitness journey that first or that second time that would have saved me not just time, but frustration, right? And discouragement. 
If you feel like any part of your story resonates with that, that you feel like you've started your fitness journey more times than you can count, or you feel like maybe you've never even given it a good go because you don't really know what to do, then you know that it can be really discouraging and really honestly heartbreaking when you feel like you've been putting everything into reaching these goals and you just don't reach them. So the point of this episode is to hopefully give you a couple of tips that aren't just encouraging you, but are actually helping you and like informing you on things that are worth spending your time on and things that are not worth spending your time on. So I'm going to go into this list. It's not super lengthy. It's going to be short and sweet and to the point, but I hope that it's tangible. I hope that there are takeaways that you can put into practice in your fitness journey now. So without further ado, let's get into it. Things I wish I knew in my fitness journey. Item number one, calories aren't everything, but they do really matter. I was the type of person that was convinced I was losing weight or I would lose weight because I was eating clean. Eating clean, number one, is so ambiguous. It is the most arbitrary term. Define clean eating, right? Like you can't. Um, And even if you could, eating clean does not guarantee weight loss. No matter which way you try to shape it, calories matter for weight management, for body weight management. You have to be considerate of calories. Does that mean every single person needs to track their calories? Not necessarily, but do calories still matter for every single person who has concerns about body weight? Yes, they do. Eating clean is not going to guarantee weight loss. And in fact, this is definitely a note to my younger self, just because you're putting healthy foods into a meal does not mean that that is then a healthy meal. A meal isn't inherently healthier just because you put avocado on top of it. So yeah, calories aren't absolutely everything. There are totally other considerations to make and you don't have to obsess over calories by any means, but calories do matter. There's no way to cut it otherwise. On that note, calories matter and calories are not a bad thing. You don't need to fear calorie consumption. That was one thing that I think the early days of my fitness pal, which don't get me wrong, I still have my issues with the goals that my fitness pal will set for you or the language surrounding, you know, cutting your calories really far back. But I feel like we're in a better place now in terms of overall conversations around calories in the fitness community. But 1,200 calories is not going to be a one-size-fits-all approach for every single person. Calories are nothing to be feared. Calories are not positive, negative. Going over your calories one day doesn't mean that you failed. I just wish I had been more educated on calorie consumption. I wish that I knew that it mattered. I wish that I knew that there wasn't any moral value to the calories I was consuming. And I wish that I had been educated on the fact that I could diet without it being like a drastic, drastic calorie cut. Item number two, if I could tell myself this, I would. Stop worrying so much about doing the perfect workout. The perfect workout for every single person, like it being the same thing, does not exist. There is not one perfect workout that every single person needs to be doing. And if you see someone with a body that you really admire or a fitness level that you really respect, it doesn't mean that you have to replicate the exact training regimen that they are doing. What matters most in terms of just overall movement and exercise is consistency. So instead of, this is definitely a note to my younger self, instead of just forcing yourself to go on runs because you're convinced that running is the only way to lose weight, find a type of movement that you genuinely enjoy because guess what? When you enjoy it, you are far more likely to be consistent with it. You could give someone, let's say hypothetically speaking, there is a picture perfect workout, like a, this is the perfect workout. I could give it to somebody, but if they absolutely hate it, do you think they're going to be consistent with it? 
No. More often than not, they're probably just going to not do any form of exercise, right? Because if you can't do the perfect workout, what's the point? You would reap more benefits doing a mediocre, like average workout consistently than having the best workout plan ever that you only do once a week, okay? So stop worrying so much about doing the perfect workout. First, find a way to make exercise interesting and engaging for yourself. Get yourself consistent. Spoiler alert, the more often you exercise, the more endorphins are going to be pumping, the more your body's going to be able to handle the exercise, the more you're going to want to do it. It's okay if you do a workout and you're like, hmm, I didn't absolutely love that. Like, that's okay, okay? It's not the end of the world if you feel like, okay, I just don't love exercise. But find something that you can get in a rhythm with because it's the snowball effect for sure. Once you start something, it is easier to then do it more often, right? It's easier to keep walking once you've already walked out the door. The first step is typically the hardest. So with exercise, the goal is to be consistent, right? And the life hack to consistency is finding a way to make yourself enjoy it. So whether it's the exercise itself that you're enjoying, whether it's the like mental reflection or like exercising out your emotions that you get yourself to enjoy, whether it's just going to the gym in a cute little outfit and being around people who are bettering themselves that you enjoy. Maybe you listen to like a specific type of workout playlist or maybe you listen to audiobooks or podcasts while you work out. Find something that will make it more enjoyable for you and I promise you'll be more likely to be consistent. And again, if I didn't already say it enough, consistency is what matters most. Let's continue on the train with talking about working out. Item number three is working out isn't about burning calories. That's not the goal of a workout. An effective workout is not determined based on calories burned, the amount that you sweat. If you're worrying about calories, whether it's consumption or calories expended, calories burned, because you want to lose weight, channel that energy that you're spending looking at your Apple Watch or your fitness tracker, calculating how many calories you think you burn, take that energy and instead put it towards tracking your food. Tracking calorie consumption is so much easier and also so much more accurate when it comes to managing body weight. By the way, checking calories burned on your fitness tracker, whether it's an Apple Watch, an Aura Ring, a Whoop, whatever it is, it's not accurate anyways. So one of the like easiest ways to set yourself up for failure, especially in a fat loss phase, is to track calories burned and then consume those calories back or even just like assume that calories burned is accurate. There is no specifically accurate way to track calories on the day today. It will do you so much better to track calories consumed, put yourself in a calorie deficit, and then exercise because of all of the benefits that your body can reap. Look at exercise as a chance to gain something in your life, not as a reason to burn calories. Working out is not about calories burned, but it is about building muscle, protecting your cardiovascular health, and improving your mental health. Working out can also teach you life lessons, okay? Working out can teach you discipline. It can be an outlet for your emotions. It can be a way to channel your energy somewhere. And most importantly, I think that exercise and working out can show you that you are capable of doing hard things. There are a few things better than seeing something really challenging and then watching yourself step up to the plate and do it. That is what working out and exercise is all about. Item number four is that there's no magic supplement. Like there's not some secret pill, some secret ingredient that everyone's in on except for you. 
There's nothing external that you need to seek out that can help you achieve your dream physique, your dream health markers, whatever's you know motivating your health journey. Your body is capable of change without shelling out a bunch of money on supplements, trends, and fads. Just stop looking for an external fix. You have everything that you need within you. If you're not seeing the results that you need, it's 99% of the time not because something uniquely is wrong with your body, but it's because you're just missing the mark somewhere. So it's less often about missing the supplement that you need or, oh, it must be my hormones, it must be this. Not saying that hormone issues can't contribute to struggling to see success. I'm not saying that every single body is perfectly equipped in the exact same way to see results or see change. But what I am saying is most of the time, we're just missing the mark somewhere. Or there are little areas in our health and fitness journey where we can improve. We might think that we're doing right by our nutrition, but maybe we're missing something. You might think that you're doing the perfect workouts for your end goal, but maybe you're not. Maybe you could benefit from a different style of training or a different level of rest days. Yes, you probably just heard Matilda, and I'm not going to go back and re-record it, as always. Yep, there she is again. Hi, Tildy. You want to join the podcast? Okay, okay. Um, So there's no magic supplement. Like, there is nothing that you're missing out on. Truly, I think that this can be a really empowering and like an oppor- like I don't know, an empowering thing and an opportunity to give yourself grace just to realize like your your body's not the problem. It's probably like your mindset, it might be lack of knowledge, but it's it's probably not that your body's broken and everyone else's is working or everyone else knows the supplements to take and you don't. It's it's not that way. There is no one magic supplement. Also keep in mind all supplements are or should be supplemental to an already well-rounded diet, right? You're not going to be able to take something that's going to cancel out all of the like margaritas and tacos that you had last night. That's not how it works. The way that it's going to work is if you are already incorporating a a well-rounded, balanced diet into your lifestyle, and maybe you have some nutrient deficiencies here and there. Maybe you don't eat a ton of fish. Maybe you're deficient in vitamin D or magnesium, which the majority of the population are. There are awesome supplements that you can take to kind of fill in some gaps there, but by no means are you going to lose progress or lose the ability to see progress if you're not taking a certain supplement, okay? I also wish on this little note of supplements that I knew more about just the supplement industry in general, I think, which might have been a lot to ask of my 15-year-old self, but now that I see the supplement industry for what it is, which is, hello, an industry that needs to make money to survive, I, I look at things with a much more critical lens. Obviously, also now that I know a lot more about nutrition and fitness, I see the claims that some of these supplements are able to make. I see the way that the supplement industry is completely unregulated and they can say kind of whatever they want without necessarily needing to be fact-checked. Um, and I'm just a lot more skeptical. I'm wiser on where I spend my money, but I don't, I've talked about this before on the podcast. I don't know if any of you guys can relate to this, but I have very vivid memories of when I was in high school and I would be driving to school and there was always a Smoothie King, like a drive through Smoothie King on the way to school. And this was in the era, this is what I'm saying, I don't know if you guys can like relate to this or if you remember it. This was in the era of raspberry ketones being all the rage for fat loss and I would see like commercials about it and like, I, I mean, this was I guess I had social media, but it wasn't really like a social media kind of thing. I just remember seeing like 
advertised. I remember seeing supplements like in the grocery store or at like GNC, different health stores, like that raspberry ketones are what we're going to help you like finally lose weight. And this is what everyone was missing. And I remember I would go to Smoothie King on my way to school sometimes and I would always get like raspberry ketones added to my smoothie. Like that was an option because it would like blast belly fat and all of these claims. And I was like so confused why I looked the exact same and I like nothing ever changed. It's like, well, yeah, because they can say that. You know, I just wish that I was more skeptical and that I spent my money in better places. So if you are looking for the magic supplement, if you truly believe that your best body is going to be reliant on a supplement subscription, keep it moving. Hate to break it to you. You have everything that you need within you for change. All right, moving on. This one, oof, the last three, I, if you haven't listened at all in this whole podcast episode and you've had the volume turned down or you've just been kind of like multitasking, listen for the last three points, okay? I wish I could grab my younger self by the shoulders and shake her and tell her you cannot hate your way to your dream body. Exercising because you hate your body will only lead to an unhealthy relationship with exercise. Restricting your food because you hate your body will only lead to an unhealthy relationship with food. And no surprise here, hating your body is only going to lead to an unhealthy relationship with your body. I don't know why I thought like the meaner I was to myself, the worse I talked to myself, the more harsh I was, the more strict I was with myself, the better I would do. Nobody responds that way, right? It's one thing to like benefit from tough love. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about looking in the mirror like first thing in the morning and just picking apart the things that you don't like about yourself and then assuming that when it comes time to decide if you want dessert or not or if you're going to have seconds or if you're going to, you know, have that treat, you're going to think back to the things you hate about your body and you're going to decide, no, I'm going to be strong because I hate my body. Like that's just not how a positive fitness and health relationship works. There is no way that you can hate your body, be frustrated with your body, have negative self-talk in your brain all the time, and then somehow, at the end of it all, end up with a perfectly amazing, wonderful, first of all, physique and health, but mental health and relationship with your body. You're not gonna wake up and go to the gym every day if the gym becomes a place where you just pick your body apart in the mirror or you just like compare your progress and your physique or your the, the amount of weight that you're lifting or the speed of your cardio. If you're just going to the gym and comparing that to everyone else, you're gonna hate being at the gym, right? If you restrict your food all the time because of how much you hate your body, you're gonna have a really hard time overcoming the impact that that has on your relationship with food. If you hope to be or you are already a parent someday, those are like elements of your life that whether or not you realize it, you will pass down to your kids. Like your kids are always watching. So if your kids are hearing you speak poorly about your body, your kids are hearing you speak poorly about the way food, um, like the way your body can handle food. If your kids are seeing you punish yourself with exercise, what are you setting them up for? You know, so if you're not going to do it for yourself, if you're not going to do it because you care about your body and you want the best for your body, do it for your kids or do it for the other people in your life that are watching you and listening to you. There was a quote that I heard a long, long time ago, and I cannot remember the specific wording of it. I don't think that the specific wording is relevant because it's the message that stuck with me so heavily. And it was specifically speaking about moms and daughters, but this is true for any parent and any child. The parent's voice becomes the child's self-talk when they're too young to have their own self-talk, right? Like when 
if you hear as a girl, you hear the way that your mom speaks about her body, that is the voice that you will hear in your head as you think about your body as you grow up, right? When you're too young to have your own form of self-talk, the self-talk, the, the voice that you hear in your head is your parents. So if you are a mom or you hope to be a mom someday and you're standing there picking yourself apart in the mirror, even if you never once comment on your daughter's body, your daughter is hearing the way that you speak about your body and she is absorbing that, okay? Like that will become the self-talk in her head. So again, if you're not gonna do this for yourself and because you care about yourself and you want the best for yourself and you wanna challenge yourself and you wanna see what you're capable of, if none of that matters to you, at least do it for your kids, okay? So I wish I could grab myself at 15 and say, you're not going to hate yourself into a dream body. Like, you can't do that. You're just gonna be running yourself into the ground and you're just gonna be creating issues in the way that you think about food, the way that you think about exercise, the way that you think about yourself, and it's gonna take time to undo that. It's gonna take work to undo that. And no surprise here, I only started seeing success in my fitness journey when number one, I accepted I didn't know everything, and number two, I decided that my body was worth learning this stuff for. I decided, you know what, it's worth spending money on a coach, in just my example at least, it was worth spending money and genuinely investing in myself, like I was worth it to see change, to feel change, to be strong, to feel confident, I was worth it. I would not have reached that point if I was continually and consistently telling myself, I'm not this enough, I'm not that enough, I'm too much of this, I'm too much of that. If it was all coming from a negative place, why would I have ever chosen to invest in myself, right? Like I wasn't, in my head, my body was like worth punishing. My body was not worth spending money on, um, at least not in the form of raspberry, unless it was raspberry ketones. Um, And so once you come from a place of like, wow, I am stuck with this body for better or for worse for the rest of my life. Like this is my one vessel in life. That is when you can really start to, I don't know, it like introduces a different way of thinking, I guess. When you go about exercise and food, it's like, what do I actually, like what does my body actually need? What does my body deserve? And then it does obviously carry over to self-talk and mental health and your relationship with yourself and with your body and food and exercise. Um, so yeah. That, uh, that was a tangent. It definitely was. But I hope that that resonated with you. If you feel like your health and fitness journey is motivated by frustration and disappointment and discouragement and hatred for yourself and your own body, you're coming from the wrong place and it's not going to get you to the right place. Okay. Second to last point. It's okay to ask for help, right? Like it is totally okay to admit, like I said, I did, that you don't know everything and ask someone to help you. If you need help with your math homework, you're probably gonna reach out to a math tutor. If you need help with piano skills, you're gonna reach out to a piano teacher. If you need help with your car, you're gonna call a mechanic, right? Like there are so many different professions where we know the solution is if I don't know enough about X, if I'm not able to do Y, then I will reach out to someone who is trained in that area and knows more than me. That, that's like a very normal conclusion. That's a very normal part of life. But for some reason, when it comes to health and fitness, I think part of it is maybe embarrassment or shame of I don't want to show someone else my insecurities. I also think part of it is ego of I can figure it out myself. Let me give myself a little bit more time and then I will figure it out. I haven't been working hard enough. Let me work a little bit harder and then it's going to work. So it's like that combination of maybe like I don't I don't want them to see my insecurities. I don't want them to see my before photos. I don't want them to see what I eat. I don't want them to see my step count. I don't want them to see, but also I could do it on my own. 
you wouldn't have that mindset really with other areas of life. You know, um, if you're struggling at work, you're going to reach out to a superior or your boss or a coworker to help you out. You're going to seek instruction. Um, there is no like perfect manual for health and fitness that you can, you know, pick up from Ikea and then just follow step by step. A lot of this is, like I said, about consistency and about finding something that genuinely works for you. And that's why I'm so passionate about one-on-one coaching, which is what I pursued when I, you know, had finally met my wit's end and was like, I need help with this because I knew, okay, obviously I feel like, I think at that point I had been spending maybe like seven or so years feeling like I was working really hard for my health and fitness journey. And I did not, my body did not look like that. Like my body didn't look like I cared about my diet and my exercise. And that was really frustrating and very like, honestly embarrassing for me. I remember in college feeling embarrassed to say that I liked working out because I didn't look like I worked out. So to me, it was like embarrassing if people knew that I was going to the gym because I didn't look like I went to the gym. And as silly as that sounds, that's an experience that I have shared with many of my clients and they have shared that with me as well that like, oh my gosh, yes, that's how I felt too. Or, you know, if I really enjoyed cooking, right? I I didn't want to tell people that I liked cooking healthy food. Like I was embarrassed to do those things because I was like, I don't even look like I do. Like I look like such an imposter, you know? Um, And so asking for help is a really valuable, not only like skill, like of, of humility of saying like, I don't know enough. Can you help me out here? But let's just be honest. If results are your number one goal, why are you going to keep spinning your wheels and making all these little roundabout decisions filled with uncertainty when you could easily reach out to someone and say, hey, I'm really struggling with this. Can you like help me? Am I doing the right thing? Even if you just seek confirmation, am I doing the right thing by taking the supplement? Am I doing the right thing with this exercise plan? Hey, can, can I send you like some things that I'm eating? Can you help me out? Like, I just don't understand what I'm missing. So just admitting like, hey, I'm struggling here. I'm missing the mark on something. If your effort is not lining up with the results that you're getting, it is totally valid to feel frustrated by that and to want change. Okay. So it's totally okay to ask for help. Not to mention, you're going to save yourself so much time if you just cut to working with someone as opposed to just continually insisting that you're going to figure it out yourself, you know? It's also nice with one-on-one coaching, not to just plug one-on-one coaching. And if you're considering it, it doesn't even have to be with me, right? I think a really powerful thing about coaching is finding a coach that really meshes well with you and your personality. Um, Someone that you like can relate to, someone whose story you identify with, someone whose struggles maybe you identify with. Um, But besides all of that, a coach is really valuable to have because they can teach you what you're missing, right? That's what's different between working with someone individually versus signing up for a group challenge, doing a random plan that you found online, you're probably not going to learn how to make results that stick. Coaching, I always tell my clients, this is not a permanent thing. I do have clients that I've worked with for a really, really long time. I personally am obviously a coach myself. I work with my fitness coach, like I have one too, and I work with him on just like an extended basis. Like I am just like signed up with him indefinitely and I'll just keep going until I'm ready to stop for whatever reason. Um, Because, you know, there's a lot of benefit and accountability and all those things. But having a coach, even if you say, I'm gonna dedicate one year of my life to really getting this figured out, I'm not just gonna make the results, but I'm gonna figure out how this works 
so that I never have to seek help again, so that I am good for the rest of my life, so that I can model a healthy relationship with food and exercise and all of those things for my kids, whatever that is. So it's not just about making the results. It's not just about losing the weight. It's about keeping it off or maintaining the muscle and knowing why it worked. Like understanding this stuff is what nobody can take away from you. Okay. After that whole tangent, I'm going to finish with the last and final point that I wish I knew when I started my fitness journey. I wish someone would have told me to give myself some credit. Working on yourself in any capacity is hard, right? I even just talked about in the point before that if you are choosing to work on yourself in any area of life, it does require a degree of self-awareness. For a lot of things, especially with fitness, it does typically come with a degree of insecurity or um, frustration maybe of like, I want to change this because I'm not happy with it. Um, It also requires consistency. It requires dedication. It requires checking in with yourself. It's hard to pursue higher for yourself. It's hard to pursue doing better at work. It's hard to pursue being a better person in relationships or in your personal development. It's hard to be consistent with the fitness journey. And starting a fitness journey specifically can be really overwhelming too and confusing, but there's no reason you can't be successful, okay? You might take some wrong turns here and there. You might get frustrated at times and it might take longer than you thought, but you're going to get there. It's all going to be worth it. Give yourself some credit for starting because a lot of people will spend their whole life saying, I'm going to start when X, Y, Z. I'm going to start when life slows down. I'm going to start after this event. I'm going to start when I have less on my plate. So wherever you are in your life, if you're starting your fitness journey or you're on it right now, take a second and give yourself some credit because it's hard work. Not everyone does it. And only you can do the work for yourself, you know? So give yourself a pat on the back. You're doing great. Those are the lessons that I wish I knew when I started my fitness journey. Of course, there's always going to be more. Oh, I wish I knew about this supplement. Or I wish I knew about this like type of workout that I was going to do. Or I wish I knew about XYZ. But those are some of the big hitters um, that I think are both practical, but also just like the mental side of things, just giving myself a little bit of direction and encouragement. So I hope that you received all of those things in this week's episode. Next week's episode, we're getting back into specific nutrition and fitness type advice. We're going to be talking about cycle syncing, which is all the fad right now. So if you're interested in learning what is cycle syncing, you already know about it, maybe you have questions about it, definitely tune in to next week's episode. If you have any questions, feedback on this week's episode, further questions, if you're, you want information about what coaching looks like, definitely check out the show notes. In the show notes every week, I list my contact information via email and Instagram, but I also link my website if you want to just kind of peruse about coaching. Obviously, if you have more specific questions, just shoot me a message and we can chat from there. But that's all we have time for today. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you next time. <music>